All right, we're back with uh, the Fireside Chats, Dan and Evan, uh, Pints and Provisions podcast. Dan, coming all the way from Lombard, how you doing? Uh, it's good to be back, man. Yeah, it is. It's, it is good to be back. You know, I, I wish I could join you guys more on the in-person, but uh, just talking with you and, you know, doing a recap and talking about the week and such and getting to hear all your voices and, you know, it's, it's enough. We've we've all been very busy, um, everyone included, yep. whether it's work, um, vacations, and such. So it gets a little tough. We'll square up. We'll yeah. zero in one, one of these days here. Yeah, I think we're going to hit it hard pretty soon. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and crack. Um, your your I, your, I, I your already game. did, but it's how's that? I am going with a while you're pouring. I am drinking tonight a sketchbook brewing company out of Evanston, Illinois. It's called Insufficient Clearance. It's a hazy IPA, clocking in at 5%. Uh, Packs the hop flavors reminiscent of mango guava pineapple smoothie, complete with whipped cream texture into an impossibly small small space, a pastry dough malt flavor, and notes of wheatgrass balanced out in a low, clean bitterness that slips just under it all. Whoa. It's good. It's really good. That's intense. I picked this up at the beer cellar, which I um, was fortunate enough to connect with Dave a couple of days ago or last week about this time, and he'd like to join us for a podcast, and he said this was one of his favorite offerings that he recently got in, and when I bought this beer, it was two days old. It had just been canned two days prior, so about as fresh as they can get, and it was dropped off by, uh, hand-delivered by one of the salespeople, so I That's- got to hear the hear the whole story that's very nice i like uh i like the idea of uh talking to a place like that especially uh that's kind of your go-to place um to get you yep. there in chicago so chicago beer scene's killing it so it uh, a yep. guy a guy like that's going to know exactly what's going on what to get where to get it so that'll be fun we'll take a road yeah. trip up there and uh, sit down with that guy yeah he's one of the guys that got me into the game i know this is something we want to talk about at a later time but uh, you know, he and I worked together a long, long time ago in insurance sales. And then he just decided he wanted to go a different route and open up his little uh, beer shop, which is a dream of all of ours. And he just decided yes. to follow it. So uh, he's doing very well. And he has a passion for Midwest beers in particular. So uh, if you're looking for Midwest beers, Dave's the guy. Beer seller, Glenn Allen. Nice. Um, I cracked uh, something out of North Carolina. Uh, I recently did a beer trade with another podcast that's out of Hickory, North Carolina called Three Beers Down. Um, We just sort of connected and I said I had some good beers to send and uh, sent some triptych beers his way. They actually did a podcast and uh, drank A Wizard is Never Late. Uh, They enjoyed it. A nice little shout out. So I'm going to give them a shout out. Uh, It's called Grandfather's Breakfast Coffee Stout by Blowing Rock brewery out of north carolina this is an imperial stout brewed with coffee toasted oats maple syrup and cocoa powder it was nine percent um looks pretty good poured pretty good uh it's got a nice roasty flavor uh i I like the mix of you know chocolate coffee on the nose uh not a ton of maple but it's pretty smooth i'm gonna let this warm a little bit which i think will make it a lot better love it but um, yeah, it's it's fun to trade with a, a place that never gets uh, stuff like Triptych, and uh, I could get a little bit of something from where they're at. So, uh, cheers to the guys over there, especially Matt, who uh, kind of sealed the trade. 
Yeah, I, I caught that episode, actually, and I've listened to a few more of their episodes, and uh, it was nice to hear that they're willing to expand on their North Carolina brewery experience and, and taste something from around the country, which is sort of what we're doing, uh, but the opposite. We're trying to, you know, hone a little bit more in on where, where we are, especially in the Peoria area with, you know, the breweries that you have open there with Bearded Owl and um, Industrial and things like that, so... It was fun to hear that. Fun to hear that, you know, you know, get a little shout out, but also, you know, to for them to talk about a brewery that's in sort of the middle of nowhere, heart of Illinois is awesome. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, I actually uh, sent uh, our homeboy there at the Hopped Up Network uh, some of those triptych beers, too, because I just had a bunch of them. And since I was going out of town, so um, Matt over at Barrel Chat, I sent him some of those triptych and they actually sat down and did a little taste testing of... Uh, Wizard is never late. So uh, obviously we've got lots of props to the Hopped Up Network because they are sort of uh, the the group that hones us uh, together with a lot of other interesting podcasts, uh, all beer-focused, beer-related. Uh, so obviously go check them out too. But had a, had a chance to listen to that. It was uh, a lot of fun listening to other people since sometimes we can get a little... Um, you know, bias to the things that are in our areas and uh, get their take so well and you're you're biased to what you drink and, and what's in your area and what's available to you but you're also biased to the opinions of the people that you drink with right the drinking buddies yeah so it's like you know if somebody comes up to me and says oh man you know and and i know that they don't have and this is going to sound very hoity-toity and, and pretentious of me but if they come up and say oh man you're going to love this beer and i know that they haven't had the experiences that i have it's just like Thanks. Yeah. I can't wait to try it. But it, so it, it's great to listen to, you know, some of these other podcasts that are just like, they're doing it the same way that we are and offering a different opinion that we haven't heard yet. So really, really fun. Really yeah. fun. And it's been cool to, you know, kind of expand our horizons. Yeah. For is, uh, if, if you thought that there couldn't be enough beer podcasts out there, if you happen to listen to any of them, everybody's very different in what they can offer, yeah. what they talk about. So even though we're in this, a uh, group full of, oh, I don't know, man, they added up another podcast. I mean, they're, they're definitely almost maybe like 15. Uh, yeah. There's something different that each one of them offers, which is really cool. But uh, we're going to kind of, I don't know, just recap. We don't have to recap, but I thought we'd talk about some of the favorite things we've done so far since we're about 11 episodes in. Still pretty noob uh, with all this, but I think we're getting a little bit more comfortable with how to do this and what we're talking about. Well, I was talking to a, to a friend of mine today and it's, it's really fun to see, you know, to go back and listen to some of the episodes because, you know, you always learn from uh, past mistakes and things you do well. And I was, t- I told a friend of mine and I was like, you know, the first episode, you know, I think went pretty well for the first step, you know, for the first time doing it. I was like the second episode, um, you probably don't, just don't even listen to that one because <laughs> it was the one where I, I, I sort of sounded like uh, first time caller, long time listener calling in from Chicago and it, you know, the sound quality wasn't great. We were trying to figure it out, but you know, I think over, you know, it's, it's fun to do a recap episode like this because not only has the technology improved for us, we've honed in how to talk to each other, how to work with each other, uh, whose skill set lies where, et cetera. And you know, it's just fun to look back at what you've accomplished and, and you know, learn from, from the things you've done well and the things you've done poorly. We won't focus on the poorly tonight, but we'll have some laughs along the way, I'm sure. No, I think um, actually for as much as we missed you on that first podcast, 
We had a lot of fun. Uh, Mark did yeah. a lot of heavy pours of bourbon, which yep. uh, shows later in the episode. Um, yep. But you know, for 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 us, if, to you know, I, if I if I if I may cut you off there, I think perhaps my favorite <laughs> part of that of that episode was was understanding the um, uh, the greenness of your your collective bourbon palettes. We got a lot of <laughs> wow. This is really hot. There's a lot of heat on this. <laughs> this a lot of heat to this one. It's like, well, yeah, it's forty percent by alcohol, alcohol by volume. <laughs> yeah, do you, man, this has a lot of heat to it. Oh, do, oh, really? Do you catch a lot of oak? A shot. Do you catch a lot of oak on this? Got a, got a nice oaky afterbirth yeah, to it. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> Little office reference there, by the way. <laughs> um. That was that was a lot of fun, and we'll just kind of skip over number two. I think we should always do a redo of that one because the topic yeah. is uh, and interesting. I think the topic there with uh, hazy IPAs is maybe kind of having its moment and having a turn. So it it, it may be fun to kind of revisit that topic um, about where that is and where probably where it's going in craft beer. Yeah, um, and I think it's it's probably a good time about now to do it because. You know, as the weather finally warms up here in Chicago and in Illinois, uh, that's the time when these beers start to really, you know, have their day. Yeah. And that's the time when, when you know, your palate, you know, sort of craves that. When it's hot outside, you're starting to mow the lawn, do do things outside. Um, you know, maybe, maybe so. And this time I'll, I'll be there in person and not have to guess what beer you and Mark are drinking uh, while I'm sipping on my LaCroix. There's one thing we did do really well that episode is we really honed down the uh, – um, the can opening in the microphone. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that good. A, that's a specific skill that we need to have. I mean, I was almost able to, I almost guessed the beer that you were drinking by the sound of Mark and his gigantic hands opening the can. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of which, as just an aside, if you haven't seen the Andre, the giant, I have special on HBO, I can't get the memory out of my mind of him holding a 12 ounce beer in his giant hand. And it looks like a Dixie cup. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, we make fun of Mark, you know, if you've seen <laughs> this on our social media, you, we've made fun of Mark for his gigantic hands. But I mean, Andre the Giant could hold a cannon in the palm of his hand. It was, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It looks like what my daughter has uh, at their little play kitchen, you know. Right. So, right. Yeah. I know. That's, that's, that's fun too. Um, we kind of went on to the beer cations. If, if anything for all four of us getting together, that probably had some of the most comedic effect. Yeah. Um, especially at the end when, you know, poor Mark, he's just getting picked on today. Uh, he can take it. He's yeah. Good. He spilled, he's the, good. he spilled the charcuterie board. Um, was, I don't know if you knew this, but he was on whole 30 the week prior to that. <laughs> and, uh, it is such a bad idea to go sit down with your friends and have some beers. Blueberry, <laughs> blueberry, but we love you, Mark. It's all it's all in good fun, and we say we we do this because we love you. Of course, um, we did we did the homebrew live episode, which was kind of fun. Um, I think it had a which lot of. I've been, I absolutely want to do that with you at some point. You know, it's uh, Ryan alluded to it. Um, in one of one of the episodes where he talked about, you know, doing it on his own for a while and sort of sort of putting in the, putting in the effort necessary, but nothing came out the way that he wanted it to. And, you know, my experience with brewing is very limited, but um, you want to do it with somebody who knows the trade well and isn't just 
you know, throwing things into a pot. You know, the, the few experiences that I've had was um, one of the guys was an orthopedic surgeon and the other one was a PhD of drug discovery. Uh, so they, I just sat there and drank with them and tried to learn from them. Um, and that's kind of where, what you are is like, you've got this, uh, you're brilliant to begin with, but then you also love this and apply it and it's, you're the guy to do it with. It, it feels like I'm dumping stuff in a pot, literally sometimes. Yeah, but so, you're not. Um, you're not. Yeah. The weather's getting better. So I'm ready to get back out there. Uh, the Imperial Stout's ready. So whenever you're, you're back down here, we're going to crack a bottle of the Imperial Stout. Let's um, do it. Which which I, I think turned out pretty good. Super super chocolatey. Did I have that one yet or no? Oh no, you did. You I did think you sent some. me home with one. And I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, but I'll I, take more. I'll take more. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's limited edition, ticketed release. So get your tents and get ready. What did what did you name this one again? I forget. Um, I don't know if I ended up naming it yet. Anything? I thought I did. It needs to happen. My gosh, I've been I've been so out of the loop being out of town that I kind of feel like a little discombobulated at home, which, which, you know, hasn't all all been bad. Hasn't all been bad. Um, charcuterie and milkshakes. Uh, it was fun to have Brian on. Um, yeah. Another one that I couldn't be there for. Um, but I mean, again, that was just one of those episodes that for me as the listener, um, very educational, you know, I, I, it is one of, you know, Ryan mentioned it. It's one of the, um, it's one of the things that I look forward to at a party is if someone has a quality charcuterie board, it's, um, you know, they can be, they can be can't miss. And, um, I have a whole new, uh, understanding of it and respect for someone who puts out a quality plate. Yeah. And for a foodie like Brian, um, he really, I, I learned a ton and I thought I knew a lot. Uh, that guy's that guy's a true foodie, and I appreciate every input he had in that. I mean, it was so. Uh, you can just tell he 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 loves that he loves that craft. You know, he loves that um, being in the know about that, and it's he's one of those guys you like want to you want to go on a trip with and be like, hey, just show me the way. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I'm like I'm like an I'm like a uh, an open book with that. I have you know. Before I listened to that, it was just like, yeah, meat, cheese, good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yum. Yum. But, but he took it to the next level where it's like, you know, you got to have your meats. You got to have your cheeses. But here's how you can pair a cheese with a meat, but then also put something else on the board, which kind of will set you apart from everyone else bringing a meat and cheese tray. You got, you know, your jams, your jellies, maybe some honey, something pickled. That That was where I think that you can kind of shine if you're uh, if you're showing up to a party yeah just the con- the con- it's the con- what what stuck what jumped out to me was how a charcuterie board can contrast itself yeah know, it's just like it's it's so like there's depth to it you know it seems like it's it seems like we're using a lot of uh, you know loud adjectives for it but it really is it was like the way that he explained that there's like it's like an art form Oh yeah, and you know, I think Mark uh, had shared a post on our Facebook page that was about that La Quercia, the uh, yeah. uh, supplier there, the the I should say the cured meat supplier there that's in Iowa. That they're looking at, can you do a barico ham in the state of Iowa? Was that and and forgive me if I'm wrong about this. I thought 
No, I think you're right. But wasn't there an article as well that he posted that was some? It was a farm in South Carolina. Yeah, it could have been. But I think it was the idea that can a ham right. exist yeah. outside of anywhere in Spain? Yeah. Because oh man, if you can get that stuff, holy cow! That'll that'll really yeah. show your friends uh, who's boss. Uh, we talked about milkshakes, uh, so another opportunity to talk about hazy IPAs that are lactose infused and yeah. inspired. So, um, those are always pretty tasty and obviously no yeah. one does them better than gene over at uh, tired hands yeah um the, the you know that that astronauts ice cream sandwich that i had was uh just incredible i was, mean it was there's so was that tired hands so, it was yeah i made oh, i made a mistake in one of you know let me go back now and and correct myself because in that episode where uh you know, we, we cracked a couple of the big dogs. It was the, the day of the snowstorm. Um, I said it was. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, it was really good. I mean, I expected with it when it when it, you know, the name ice cream sandwich was in the beer. You know, like I said, I was expecting like the cookie with ice cream in the middle of it. But it was more of a I mean, it was a fruited IPA. Certainly it was almost more like a uh, strawberry vanilla. Um creamy type of it was really good but but when i think of like the ice cream um or the astronaut ice cream i think of that kind of chalky dry you know um quality to it and uh did it did it exhibit that um you know because i mean i bet they could kind of pull that off by drying things out and i think yeah the more what you're talking about is like the um the tiny little uh I'm thinking about like bowls of ice cream, like the oh, like Dippin' Dots. Yeah, Dippin' Dots. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I would, I would say that that's like, yeah, kind of. You know, like the freeze dried. I, I mean, freeze dried. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think, I think that that's a a really good way to explain it. When, when is Dippin' Dots no longer the ice cream of the future, and the ice cream of the present? Um, I mean, they've they've been the ice cream of the future for quite a while. Yeah, I've said that's a really that. that's a really deep question. I don't <laughs> I don't know if we have got time. I don't know how to ponder that. Yeah. Well, we'll think about we'll it. We'll know some someday we'll know. I I, I yeah, and, and if and if anybody on social media wants to let us know what they think about that, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that. We can start a whole thread. Be great. Let's I think, go viral. Let's have dip and dots tell us when the future is. Yeah. They probably know. Somehow I think they know. Well, the next time the next time we got together was just you and me. We talked about your Michigan uh, Winter Beer Festival. Yep. Which was uh, speaking of, which you know, I the, just I, I just got my um, tart strawberry. Just got my ID. Just got my uh, I did get that. I don't have it yet, but I, I do have a couple of cans, so I'll be sharing that. Um, and I was told as a as a part of the deal is if he gives me two cans, he requires a. Shout out on the Bruin View, which is our Facebook group where we take pictures of what we're drinking and, and sort of talk about it. Yes. And then on the podcast, so Ryan Souders, when you listen to this, he's my guy in Grand Rapids and my old nation guy. Thank you for all that you do for me and <laughs> for all of your friends in Chicago. Thank you for keeping me flush with M43 and most importantly with M43 Tart Strawberry. That. We'll give you another shout out when we actually crack it together and we'll talk about it. That's amazing. But Ryan Souders, William Ryan Souders, thank you for all that you are. 
You are inspiration. So good. So good. Uh, and I think we sort of, um, Oh, I know. As I was saying, I just got my, uh, uh, you know, my Brewers Guild identity, uh, you know, identification card for next year. Uh, my first magazine and my Michigan Brewers Guild T-shirt in the mail within the last couple of weeks here. So I'm already excited for next year. Oh, sweet. And then, well, we, we got a chance to, I cracked, we cracked some more um, Old Nation uh, when we sat down and talked just about how to survive beer festivals, which was when we started to get M43 down here in Peoria, which goes pretty darn quick. Yeah, I bet. So still, still, still too bad that I don't get it up here, but I'm, I'm counting on you guys. Yeah, because you guys don't have enough beer up in Chicago to go around. <laughs> no, it's too much. It's too much, man. It's just too much. We just have an embarrassment of riches. You know, that's. I mean, like that's kind of interesting. I feel like maybe a year ago, I used to think that this was kind of such a desert when it came to good craft beer. But even now, um, having some of the beers that I've had over the past, you know, couple years, I don't feel uh, on such an island, on such a deserted island here in the middle of Peoria. Now we've got Bearded Owl, we've got Industry making some beers, we've got Triptych, which is easily getting us beers. You've got a place like Scratch down in uh, southern Illinois making some of the best foraged beers that there are. Um, it's, 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 it's a lot easier now to get really really brew, good brews that you know aren't the like great breweries like stone dogfish head that kind of started this all uh, which are still great on the shelves but it kind of gives us more and more options almost too many options well and mark put it perfectly the other day uh, in a text message to us with the um i think it's called these are not the blueberries you're looking for yep uh with from triptych and yep. it's a blueberry sour and, uh, you know, he, he did a side-by-side photo of last year's release and this year's release. And he said, man, Triptych is really dialing it in. And, you know, there's something to be said for breweries that just open up, just start. You know, you get – you're starting to see the craft beer industry really come into its own. And you're starting to see, you know, like Bearded Owl is a great example, right? Nick down there, he – I mean – it takes a couple of batches and the batches were good, but now it's like you go down there and you're like, man, this is awesome. Like, it's amazing when you can be like, I'm going downtown Peoria and I'm going to grab a beer and it's going to be really, really good. And I'm going to grab a crowler as well. So there's something to be said. And also just to be like, just to realize that like, you don't have to do the chase. Like you're finding really, really good beers close to home. And, you know, they may not be like the, the white whale of beers, but it's like, wow, this is still really awesome. And I'm pretty happy with my purchase. Yeah. And I think that what, um, you know, Nick is doing down at bearded all, um, him and PJ, they, they're, they're kind of, they're forging their own way in the craft beer scene where they could come in, they could make a bunch of hazy IPAs, people be lining out the door. They can make a bunch of pastry stouts and they can get the people, you know, camping out and stuff but he's like yeah i'll make one i'll make a stout but i'm also going to make one with wormwood and um you know some some other kind of root like a forage beer and i'm going to do a saison i'm going to knock out wormwood oh maybe maybe it wasn't wormwood i'm probably thinking of something different but he was using he's using isn't isn't worse isn't wormwood the uh hallucinogen that they put in absinthe yeah Yeah. i think that's an absinthe yeah i don't think it's wormwood i don't think Um, it's wormwood 
I guess maybe it's that good beechwood, <laughs> you know, beechwood aged. There you go. Yeah. No, beechwood's hard to find though. But um, hold on one sec. There you go. He's uh, he's definitely not afraid, and for a place like Peoria, that's a very bold move. But it's an appreciated move, especially for us down here, like Ryan and Mark and I, uh, wanting to go there. It's like, yeah, I can go there. I can talk to the brewers. I can have something I can't get anywhere else, or even close to probably Peoria. So I think he's, they're they're really kind of forging their own path. Absolutely, I agree. And we're, we'll we'll get we'll get them on uh, uh, not too long. I think uh, we want you to come down for that for sure. But I, yeah, I absolutely want to be there for that. Um, I think that that that's yeah, a have me of course. I think that's a mutual interest if, of ours. If sister, if no, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, Ryan and I had a couple of times where we talked about uh, some of the Jay Wakefield beers. We talked about Assassin Day. So he was out slaying some whales, you know, in the past month or so. Um, he, had a, he had a decent little day there. If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Talking Point, a topic that invites discussion or argument. Drinking Points, topics that invite discussion about local history over a cold beer. Hey everyone, I'm Haley. And I'm Troy. And we are Drinking Points, a history podcast brewed for your enjoyment. Join us as we discuss history and brews from Buffalo, New York and beyond. Find us on the Hopped Up Network. Um, just as a, as a quick, uh, uh, you heard me crack the next beer I have. It's Sketchbook Brewing again from Evanston, same brewery. This is called Honeybird. It's a pale ale brewed with honey and basil. Basil? Um, yeah. So I asked the guy. It's like a mojito in a way? It is. Yes, exactly. Um, Nailed it. Because I asked the guy, I'm like, basil does not sound good to me in an IPA. But he goes, no, it's the it's called the Thai holy basil. I'm sorry, a mojito would be mint. No, no, you're right. No, this is that's what that's what it's going for. Um, and he told me he said Thai holy basil has a mint flavor to it, so it's supposed to be a bit like a mojito. Okay, okay. No, you're right. You're right. No, actually, you were wrong, but yes. you were right. Okay, you great. Were right, you were right accidentally. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, and it's good. That there really is a nice uh, hinto mint. Uh, in the beer and it's it's really tasty yeah the um the culinary prowess of uh, some brewers is quite impressive mm-hmm. yep no one's afraid to do anything anymore and um, that's a good thing well again we've we've talked about this in the in the home brewing discussions where it's like you know it's really hard for a brewery to go through the brewing process and have to dump something but it's not nearly as difficult for them as it is for you because it's like, I just wasted six hours on a Saturday and then waited and waited and waited and then I dumped it out. But for them, it's like their process is so much quicker and so much cleaner and they have so many different batches that they're just like, ah, well, whatever we wasted some product, but big deal. We'll, we'll move on. Yeah. There's just a lot more, there's a lot more, um, I don't know if R and D is the term for it, but it's just like, you know, they can they can try and fail more than the, the typical home brewer can. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they still get as frustrated as probably I do, but just in a different way. That's money that they're, I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah. Look, they look at the thousands of dollars that they're spilling down the drain when that happens. Yeah, right. Um, I was, uh, I think I probably learned the most when we talked to um, Sarah at the spot and Tristan and Mitch from CXT Coffee. Yeah, I will tell you, um, I I listened to that episode and I learned more from that episode than I have of any of the other ones I've listened to. No offense to you guys. Um, the the process of of roasting beans, the type that you you know the type of bean, the temperature the type of roast that you do, the type of press that you, I mean, I was just like, I didn't, you know, for me, it's just like, I have French press and I have a drip and that's it. And I mean, just like the chemistry behind good coffee and, you know, listening to the business side of it, you know, from, from how much they cost and how you make your product. I mean, it was just like, it's a whole different game, whole new game. Yeah. that was. And I think it's cool that it's a, it's a family business where, you know, I think it's Tristan as the roaster Yep. and, you know, to get his knowledge where it's just like, you know, I like to, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, you know, I think that was maybe just a little overdone and I'm just like, man, I didn't realize that there was like, that, that there was science behind it. Right. Because you just think typically when you think of coffee, it's just like mass produced, you know, just put it in it, put it in a, you know, roast it, grind it, you're done. Yeah. You no, know, there's like, there, there are different temperatures and different types. It's just, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, we really only great from you guys. we only see, you know, the second half of that where you know, we don't put in as much work as they put in on the front end, and the work that they put on the front end makes our coffee better. But yeah. it was really gracious of Sarah to reach out to us. You know, obviously as a, a noob podcast, uh, having you know someone like Sarah being like, "Hey, you guys want to come over? How portable is your setup?" Why don't you guys come yeah. over? We'll record an episode. It's like, that's awesome. Because she really runs quite a um, customer-centric uh, business over there. You know, she thinks of every single customer that walks through the door. And um, you, you may be a brewery. You may be a coffee roaster. You may be a coffee shop. You could be a, you know, a butcher. Uh, but if you put your customers first and listen to them and give them what they want, and you're going to yep. be as successful as she's going to be. And you know, it doesn't doesn't hurt that they're, her place is uh, so close to my house. Yeah, I you know you have me. Um, the next time I come down there, I'll absolutely be visiting and having the lot the special specialty latte. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the peanut butter cup I've uh, I've crushed a couple times. Um, I've been out of town quite a bit, so I haven't been back there. But um, probably really really good for you, just like beer is. <laughs> exactly, taking a little bit of a break is. Sometimes a okay, yeah. But I will be in to visit. So thank you, Sarah, and and the guys at CXT. Yeah, I think we've got a a couple other interesting uh, things on the horizon. I think we're going to start interviewing people more. Um, I've got a friend uh, back from something I did in college, um, who now is the owner of a brewery in Cincinnati, and so it's Brink Brewing Company. Uh, I'm going to sit down and talk to him at some time, kind of pick his brain about, hey, where'd you go from being a buddy of mine to liking beer to becoming a Cicerone and then becoming you know, the owner of a brewery of your own? Um, I also have a friend that from college, him and his brother opened up a distillery in LeClaire, Iowa, which is uh, around the Quad Cities in Iowa. 
Uh, it's called Mississippi, Mississippi River Distilling Company. He wants to have us out, kind of show us the processes of making bourbon and kind of what, in his words, turn our worlds upside down when we, about how we think about bourbon. Yeah, and, and I've we've talked about this back and forth. I don't even know what that means, but I'm in. Yeah, like, I'm in. I am. I, you know, I, I will have my world turned upside down for bourbon. Fine. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you got to do, man. Teach us your ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we've got a lot of other um, non-beer related items that I think we're going to come up with. I think we're going to still talk a lot about bourbon, home brewing. Uh, there's a, a local woodworking uh, aficionado here in Peoria who really wants to get together with us and show us a little bit about doing live uh, edge wood. Um, he did a lot of work at Bearded Owl, does a lot of work at bars, uh, making products that are bar specific, like he did the tasting handles or tasting uh, paddles at Bearded Owl. Uh, his name's yeah. Steve. He's at Rocketwood Studios here in Pekin, Illinois. So uh, we'll, we'll go down to his shop, take some, I think we'll take some wood-centric beers to kind of uh, geek out on wood a little bit and then uh he can show us uh what it's like to be a real real dedicated ron swanson i'm i'm very curious as to as his thoughts of drinking while operating machinery in a wood shop <laughs> well maybe it'll be just us drinking and he can show us how to... <laughs> that might be that might be a bit frowned upon uh and it, you know if he does that it's probably hey mike's off let's roll yeah let's roll um, I know too that um, I, I mentioned earlier on the episode that we're going to have Dave Hawley at the beer cellar That's um, awesome. to give us an idea of what it's like to be uh, a craft beer guy in the retail side of the business. Um, his focus is on Midwest beers. Um, by Midwest, basically it's Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. Uh, I, you know, basically just in within an earshot of Chicago, basically. And he does it well. And he's recently, I think as of a year or a year and a half ago, has opened up um, a tap tap room, sort of. Uh, he moved into a new location. His first location was actually like in a cellar in one of the buildings in, in downtown Glen Allen. Uh, and then as he expanded and as he grew and he scaled, uh, he moved a little bit down the street, same street, a little bit down the way, though, right off the train. Uh, and now it's the place where... Uh, and I think this is part of his grand design. He can let us know um, or not. But his grand design is to to be a place where you can go drink a beer, uh, t- take a crowler, and have a six pack for your way out out the out the road. His problem, I think, most recently was how do I store the amount of crowlers necessary to make an order um, in my limited space. Um, so it'll be good to have him on. And then I think uh, most importantly. Uh, we need to um, put Mark in a place of prominence in one of these episodes and get him going on the smoker because the guy is an absolute fiend when it comes to smoking. He's unbelievable. He's a magician. And we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. So um, that's his wheelhouse. That's what he knows. And uh, you know, we're hungry. So um, I'm sure we'll have some beers, but we'll we'll be focusing mostly on um, you know, seasoning, storing, you know, smoking meat, eating meat, whatever it is, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get we'll his, uh, we'll, we'll get his, uh, source for local meat, all ones, uh, to, to kind of hopefully be a part of that, or at least like, um, maybe we could at least talk to them 
at uh, at some part of the episode or be a part of the episode where we can kind of see what it's like to go from, well, cow to yeah. Mark's, uh, Mark Smoker. Yep. And into our bellies. And into, <laughs> into our bellies, along with some beer. And I'm sure he'll pour a healthy, healthy, healthy uh, Glencairn full of uh, bourbon. It's, uh, it's, it's got some heat to it. It's, it's a, <laughs> it seems really woody. That'll be, a, that'll be a hot episode. Yeah. Well, if, if, if we all stop going out of town and going, you're going on a bachelor party this weekend? Yeah, I have a bachelor party. Um, I was, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a group of guys. I know two of them. Um, and I'm in the wedding. So, um, as my gift to the groom, um, what I've always done for the weddings that I've been in, um, is I, instead of buying a gift for the bride and groom, cause the bride get, you know, every, every gift that you get is typically for the bride. Yes. Let's just be honest. Yes. Right? Unless you, unless it's, unless it's like your household or my household now, and I'm not sure how yours works, but I do most of the cooking cause I enjoy it. Not out of necessity. I actually enjoy doing it. So most of the stuff has become like, hey, that's my cast iron skillet. Make sure you clean it out well, right? <laughs> um, but but as, as my gift to the groom, um, I do like a, you know, something for him. So um, he is, he's a listener. Um, so what's up, Cody? Looking forward to hanging out this weekend. Um, he's, he's getting into IPAs. He's getting into craft beer. So I just walked over to him and I said, "Hey man, here's your list of beer that I'm bringing this weekend." And it was a it's a case of Trillium um from our guy Jimothy Casey out in uh New England um who hooked me up proper and uh will be flush. So uh just hanging out at a place north of Madison and just having beers, smoking meat and hanging out. Yeah, sounds sounds awesome. Yeah. You can't go wrong with a uh, a case full of fresh trillium no. and smoking. I mean, it was hanging out up, with your buddies. It was picked up on. Uh, Jimothy texted me on Sunday night and said, "Hey, I know your bachelor party is next weekend." So he remembered. So props to Jimothy because he's the man. He said, "Hey, I'm having a friend of mine go to Trillium tomorrow, and I'll put it in the mail uh, Tuesday." Boom. So well, it's fresh. It- and I, I will say that that guy hooked me up for uh, my IPA fix for the bachelor party that I had to go. That well, I shouldn't say had to, but I went to. Had to, yeah. Had to go to the outer banks of uh, the Carolinas and catch all kinds of fish and. Five hundred pounds a five hundred pounds of yellowfin tuna. The the only thing I felt bad about was the bachelor was chumming below deck the entire trip. Why? Seasick, man. Because he knew what he was doing? Oh, seasick, yeah. It was, if you step below deck, it was like a washing machine. Um, I went uh, I went deep sea fishing in Rarotonga about a year ago now, which is the Cook Islands. Yep. So it's basically five hours south of Hawaii. And I basically paid $150 to go for a boat ride because I was... I mean, we didn't catch anything, first of all. So we didn't have the experience that you had. But I I mean, it was like, you're in the South Pacific. So you're being chased by waves that are, I mean, you're rolling over the top of waves that are coming at 20 feet. And I mean, I was just like, oh. I mean, you, I had to be on top of the boat with wind like blowing directly in my face or I was not going to do well. Yeah, it was, it, it, it could have been anybody uh, on yep. that trip, yep. and the 
the poor guy, he still got to enjoy all the tuna that we caught. Uh, well, we're trying to enjoy all the tuna that we caught because there was 200 pounds of, you know, fresh yellowfin tuna loin. But we did what we could for about a day and a half. I know. Uh, I know someone that can help you out with that if you, you know. Hey, it's it's coming in the mail. Yeah, hey, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll smoke it on Mark's smoker. Just a little smoked yellowfin tuna. Mark, do your homework, man. Yep, I want I want him to know how to smoke like a four pound loin. He'll do of it. Tuna, he'll do it. He'll figure it out. All right. Well, Good I stuff think... coming, man. Good stuff. Good stuff that we've done, and we have a lot of, a lot to look forward to, and I'm enjoying it. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna that. we're gonna kick off the second round of. Uh, podcast here in the next few uh minutes with a bang i know ryan and i are going to do some do some live podcasting well i shouldn't say live but live recording a dark lord day um jealous man should be uh should be quite an experience with uh oh gosh some of the heavy metal bands that are going to be there they announced are probably a little too heavy is that possible not for three floyds but Scriver would be disappointed in you. Yeah, he probably would. I want to. Yeah, I, I hope Scriver and the, the Pale Horseman. Yeah, Harandre. Harandre. Yep. All right, buddy. Good talking with you, man. Yeah, always good fireside chats. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.